everyone, I'm Kiana, and I'd like to welcome you to Toronto Nature Now, brought to you by Met Radio in Toronto and the Toronto Field Naturalists. The Toronto Field Naturalists are a volunteer-run, non-profit nature conservation organization, connecting people with nature and wildlife in the Toronto area. Today, I'd like to welcome Emily Rondell, who's here to talk about resident birds. Emily is a longtime bird watcher and researcher and has observed and surveyed birds throughout Ontario, from Lake Erie to the Arctic. She worked exclusively as a bird biologist for seven years with Birds Canada and was a board member of the Toronto Ornithological Club for 12 years, including being president for three of them. She is currently an e-bird reviewer for Toronto, a regional coordinator and volunteer committee member for the Ontario Breeding Bird Atlas, and a trustee of the Bailey Fund for Bird Conservation and Science. Her interest in birds began with her master's degree, which focused on citizen science applications for monitoring birds. This work took her to Ontario's birding mecca, Point Pele, and from then on, birding became a minor obsession. I, as Kiana, would also like to add that although it seems like I'm a little bit jaded about pigeons in this episode, I do somewhat like them. I just wish some of them would stop cutting me off on the sidewalk on my way to school. Here's what Emily had to say. Hi, Emily. How are you doing? Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi. Yeah, Kiana, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming. And so today we're going to talk about resident birds. And my first question is, what is a resident bird? So, yeah, we often talk about kind of migratory birds, but we don't often talk about resident birds, which are kind of the opposite. So a resident bird is just a species that stays in the same area all year long. Um, it doesn't migrate or have any seasonal movements, just like a lot of people do. We live in the same place all year, and so do these resident birds. Um, and I think it surprises people, even though intuitively they know resident birds very well. Birds like cardinals, goldfinches, black-capped chickadees, downy woodpeckers, and they know that they see them um, all year long. I think a lot of people also have this concept that most birds have seasonal movements in their territories and they just kind of forget about resident birds a lot of the time. That makes sense. These poor birds are being forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> they're too common, but they're kind of great because, um, you know, regardless of what day of the year it is, if you kind of go outside and I'm I'm based in Toronto and I know this podcast is too. So if, you know, any day you go outside in Toronto, you have a chance to see our local Toronto resident birds um, and we can kind of track them and observe them over the course of their entire lives um, a little bit more easily than with some other species. That must be helpful. A lot of the birds I see at school are pigeons. So <laughs> also a resident bird. There you go. Hey, Yeah. at least they're not being forgotten. No, not by you, I guess. <laughs> and so you mentioned that there's a conception or this preconception that a lot of people think all birds migrate. So why wouldn't a bird migrate? Isn't it easier to survive and find food further south in the winter? Yeah, it, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what migration is and what it's for. And we can get a good answer to your question there if we think about why birds are migrating, like what their impetus is for doing it, um, and kind of a little bit of the history of it. So there's a little bit of an idea as well that birds often, like here in, you know, an area, a temperate area like Toronto, where like birds go south for the winter because it's too cold. 
Um, but it actually has really very little to do with temperature and pretty much everything to do with food availability. It surprises a lot of people also to learn that a lot of the birds that kind of are in our area during their breeding season in spring and summer um, and then leave in winter, they're not really temperate birds. They're tropical birds. They evolved in the tropics and that's where they originally came from. And so, you know, a number of thousands of years ago, these tropical species started to kind of slowly make seasonal movements to areas that were a little bit more temperate during their breeding seasons specifically. And that's just to take advantage of the huge bump um, in food availability that we have in temperate zones in, in the spring and summer. And that big bump in food is insects. We have a big bump in insect um, you know, availability and, and prevalence in, in temperate regions in a really short amount of time of the year. Um, and yeah, those, those birds started to rely on that, uh, to feed themselves and, and their young specifically in the breeding season, which is a lot more metabolically demanding. Um, you know, you have babies to feed for the first time and it's also a lot more demanding on the parents too, like doing the work of, you know, mating and territory, um, you know, defending and nest building and egg laying and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think when people learn that for the first time, they're a little bit confused because A, the general population kind of thinks of the tropics as kind of a more insecty place, um, maybe because they have some really big insects down there, but they have a really even temperature, right? There aren't these annual cycles of cool and hot. Um, so the, they have like a really slow, steady, even insect population. But in our temperate area, there's a harsh winter. So there's no insects in the wintertime. They just kind of can't survive. And then in spring, pretty much all of our insects are, are active in the same time. And there's this really compressed season. So there's a lot of bird food, really short amount of time. Um, and when we really think about it, tropical birds don't stay. They just return home once the insects are not available anymore. And they do spend the vast majority of their year not here. We're talking mostly about neotropical migrants now that um, go further south for, for the winter. That's not all birds, but yeah, they're, they're tropical birds that just spend like two months here and then like the rest of the year, um, you know, down in, in, in their wintering area. That makes sense. I never thought of Canada as the vacation place for birds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a nice way to think about it. <laughs> so I mentioned that I see pigeons a lot and you said that they are a resident bird. So I was wondering, is every other bird I see in winter also a resident bird? No. Um, yeah. And like pretty much everything with birds, the answer is always, oh, the reality is a lot more common, like, you know, complicated than the preconception. Um, so no, a lot of the birds that we see here in the wintertime are also migratory, but this is where they, this is their wintering ground as opposed to their breeding ground. So they just migrated from somewhere else to here for the winter. So we don't call those resident birds. We call those wintering birds. Um, and there's a number of examples that kind of come to mind. Some of our waterfowl, birds like dark-eyed juncos, but American tree sparrow is a really good example. So pretty common bird in Toronto in the winter. Um, they love to come to bird feeders, they eat sunflower seeds, they hang out in big groups and they have this beautiful song. So they're easy to find that they kind of, or it's not a song in winter, it's a call, um, but they breed high on the Arctic tundra in spring and summer. And then they migrate to Toronto to, as they're, you know, winter vacation home. Um, so there's definitely a lot more species in Toronto in the spring and summer, 
but there are some migrants in the winter too. And so I always just kind of think about our resident birds as the birds that live here all year round. And then there's these other casts of characters of my different types of migratory bird that kind of join them for different seasons. Um, they're never here by themselves. Uh, but yeah, it just kind of changes this rotating cast of migratory bird characters that hang out with our resident birds throughout the year. It's like the friends you have at summer camp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your school friends and your camp friends. It's exactly right. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> definitely a difference. Yeah. And so how do the habits of resident birds change throughout the year? Well, yeah, when you think about it, um, a resident bird that's here throughout all of the seasons and here in Toronto, we have very distinct seasons that are very different from one another. Their habits change a lot to just kind of accommodate those changes. Right. Um, and we've talked about it already when we talked about why migration exists, but the most obvious answer um, is that they really need to change their diet from season to season. So a lot of resident birds um, in wintertime here, when food's harder to find, they eat seeds, plant seeds or like some dried withered fruits. Some of them might try and find um, like overwintering insects like you know, spider egg sacs and things like that stuck in bark and things, but really they, they switch mostly to plant based food for the most part, um, in, in the winter time, you know, seeds from, you know, um, cones of coniferous trees, but all sorts of other things as well. Um, and actually, you know, we tend to actually see, we, we, we know this intuitively a, because people feed bird seeds in the wintertime. And when we're feeding birds seeds, what we're really doing is this kind of mimicking this natural cycle. It should really be something we only do in the wintertime. That's when plant seeds are kind of available naturally in the year. Plants create seeds in the fall, and hopefully there's enough to kind of last over the course of the year for a bird or the course of a winter for a bird that eats it. Um, so yeah, it's kind of interesting. In spring, though, a lot of our resident birds switch from these plant-based foods for the most part to, you know, this abundant insect food source, which is also the reason that all of these migratory birds kind of just flood into the area as well to take advantage of. So all birds, um, including our residents, have a real preference at that time of year for mostly small caterpillars. Um, and ones that I think a lot of us wouldn't even notice. But whenever you see a bird <laughs> with like a big beak full of food to take to its nest, for the most part, that bird is taking like a type, you know, moth caterpillars uh, to their to their babies. So our resident birds switch to those. And our resident birds are actually really important for kind of along with all the other birds to like regulate some of the uh, caterpillar populations in Toronto. So that's kind of interesting, too. Um, so, yeah, they, they definitely change their diets. Um, and they also, you know, know their, their home area really, really well. Um, you can think of, you know, resident birds are around all winter. So maybe, you know, they, they notice in wintertime that there are some kind of tree hollows or, you know, some certain areas that they might kind of note for later for when it's, you know, breeding period in the spring and summer, they can kind of go back and, uh, you know, and, and nest there. They have just like this amazing ability to kind of memorize and really know their habitat in a way that their migratory bird kind of companions wouldn't really know. Um, and this is especially obvious in the winter time. So resident birds know the location of crucial food sources, you know, 
um, seed trees and things like that. And also crucial places that have open water because, you know, birds have a really hard time finding liquid water sometimes uh, for, for drinking in the wintertime. And this, these kind of open running water bits are really, really important spaces. So actually you'll often find like wintering birds following resident birds around an area or kind of hanging out with them in groups because they kind of use them as local tour guides. Um, and yeah, and finally in spring, you know, resident birds have a great leg up on the competition competition for nesting sites, like I already mentioned, you know, um, they get started nesting a little bit earlier. They claim all the good spots early on because they don't need to kind of make the long journey north, wait for an appropriate mate, and then kind of get started defending a territory. They get started right away. So yeah, they change what they're doing all throughout the year. Um, but they have a lot of, there's a lot of advantages at being a resident, you know, first shot at food, first shot at nest sites. It's, it's kind of, they're, they're really interesting species. Yeah, that's great. I feel like since they don't have to pay for flights, uh, it'd be <laughs> much easier. Yeah. Aside from the harsh winter, right? Like, I think that there are downsides in that they need to be a little bit more adaptable. Um, they need to be species that are a little bit more generalist. Like they can do these things like, um, you know, maybe change their roosting sites or sheltering sites, change their diet and just kind of really learn a landscape. So they're really interesting and kind of hardy and adaptable species. Yes. And you mentioned eating moth caterpillars and that is a choice. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty gross for us. <laughs> really delicious for a bird. <laughs> Or I feel like the pigeons at TMU, they love everyone else's food except for their own. Well, it's interesting in that case, you know, pigeons are, they are a resident bird and, you know, even though they don't get a lot of love, but I like to love them um, because, you know, they, they're kind of interesting in our landscape, but they're a feral population. They're not a, um, a native bird. So it's hard to say what their, their natural, they don't have a natural food source. Like what is their food? Maybe it is your French fries. Maybe it is, you know, whatever they can find. And that's natural for them. Yes, maybe. They also might like the Korean corn dogs as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they also get very close as well. <laughs> yeah, they've really lost a lot of fear. Yeah, they're very confident. <laughs> they're just, they're very, you know, used to city life, just like we are. And it doesn't phase them because it's their, well, adopted home, I'll say, if not their natural home. <laughs> for sure. And so that's all I have to ask you today. Is there anything else you want to add? I mean, not really, except that, you know, I would really urge people if they're interested in birds and looking at, you know, urban birds to kind of start, you know, trying to sort out, um, you know, which birds you see might be migratory, which are resident, which are wintering. It's kind of a fun way to, to, to get to know birds. And it's something that you can really easily do in an urban environment because we have a lot of species of, of different kinds here, here in Toronto. So it's a nice way to start. Um, the resident birds are going to be the ones you learn first because you can see them any day of the year. Yes, that makes absolute sense. And if you can start with the pigeons. Yeah, there you go. You're already, you already know one. Perfect. <laughs> You're way ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today and teaching us about resident birds. Happy to help. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Emily Rondell for talking with me today. And I'd also like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Anyone out there who'd like to get involved with the Toronto Field Naturalists can visit their website at torontofieldnaturalists.org. Again, that's torontofieldnaturalists.org. Shout out to Paul Overy, the show coordinator, and once again, 
I'm Kiana from Met Radio, and this has been Toronto Nature Now. Make sure to tune in next time. 